Now this story that I'm going to tell you is based on a real person. So I have no idea whether the story is true or not. It's how the story has been passed down over the centuries. But it did happen to a real woman in the 1630s on the island of Westry. Now that's the island where my mother came from. So it's a story that's well known among folk on the island. Now there was a young man called Benjamin Garrick and he was getting his boat ready one fine summer's day to go to the fishing. Him and the neighbouring men were all gathering together the gear and they were getting the boat ready to push down into the sea, go to the fishing. When he saw that and there was a figure walking along the beach towards them and he recognised the figure. It was his girlfriend, Jeanette Forsyth. Well, at least he thought she was his girlfriend. He, To be honest, he wasn't really sure, because sometimes she was really, really keen on him, and then other times she would hardly give him the time of day. She just blew hot and cold the whole time. So he, he didn't really know, but he hoped that she was, because, you know, he liked her. Well, this day... Jeanette was very, very strange. She acted in a way that Benjamin had never seen before. She went up to him and she said, Benji, don't go to the fishing today. Why not? Just, just don't, don't go. But, but why? Look, I can't tell you, she said, but, but just don't go to the fishing today, please, please stay at home. But why? I mean, why should I stay at home? I can't let the guys down. We, we have to work together. Look, she said, I had a dream last night, and I dreamt that if you went to the fishing today, then something terrible would happen, and you would never return. So please, Benji, please, Please, don't go to the fishing. Well, he laughed, a kind of a hollow laugh, and he said, but, but why? I mean, look at that sky. There's not a cloud in it. Sun shining. It's a fine day. Couldn't be better. What could possibly go wrong on such a day as this? And then, to his amazement, she just burst into tears, and she hung on his neck, and she wept in his shoulder, and she said, Don't leave me, Benji, don't leave me. And then she turned around, and she ran away, sobbing, along the shore. And his friends just looked at him, and Benji just shrugged his shoulders. And then they pushed the boat down the beach and into the sea and they hoisted the sail and away they went and they were never seen again on the island of Westry but what could go wrong on such a day as that fog you see Orkney lies between two bodies of water the Atlantic Ocean is on the west but on the east there is the North Sea and the North Sea waters are cold and frigid. 
And so, on a hot summer's day, the warm air from the land mixes with the cold air from the sea, and it turns to fog, and that fog can roll in as fast as a freight train. And that's what happened that day. The boat was at sea, it was swallowed up by fog, and they never came back. Now, if that wasn't bad enough for poor Janet, things just got worse, because her mother had died a long time before, but she lived with her father, who was a fisherman. But he took ill suddenly and died, and she was left all alone in a small tumble-down cottage with nothing but a boat down in the boat nest. Now, Janet knew a thing or two about herbal remedies. She knew plants that could cure ailments, and she could make up potions, and she could make up ointments, and people went to her for help when they were ailing. But people started to notice the change in her. I mean, she wasn't going out much. She wasn't mixing with people. She wasn't friendly anymore. She didn't want people's company. And so people started to stay away from her, too. And the local bairns started to spy on her. And at night they would climb up on the roof of her wee house and they would look down the smoke hole and they could see her sitting by the side of the fire. And she cut a tragic figure. She sat by the side of the fire with her arms wrapped around herself and rocking backwards and forwards and always singing a sad song to herself. The song that she sang was a lament for lost love. Well, people shunned her and kept away from her, but there was something else that she did which made people feel very uneasy. Because when the winds rose and the seas started to thunder and roar, she would slip away from her cottage and she would run down to the boatmouse by the shore and she would push that small boat of her father's down into the sea and she would hoist the sail and away she would go in weather that nobody would dare to take a boat out in. But she always came back, soaking wet but safe and sound. That boat weathered all the storms and she managed to pull it with sheer determination up to the boat house to where it would be sheltered, and then she would go home. And she would sit by the fire, and she would hug herself, and she would sing her sad songs. Well, there was a new word that started to appear on people's lips when they spoke about Jeanette Forsyth, and they, the word was witch. But of course she's a witch. I mean, did she not say that Aunt young Benji Garrick that she was sweet on? She said that he would be lost at sea, and sure enough he did. Well, what happened there, I wonder? And the fact that she goes out in all that storms in a boat and survives? Aye, I think she raises the storms herself. Aye, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet that she actually goes out to the sea and, and communes with the devil himself out in the middle of that storm. That's what she does. Uh, sure enough, uh, you need to watch out for her, witch. She's a witch. Keep a wife for her. <laughs>
witch. Janet used to hear these rumours being spread as well, but she paid no attention. She didn't care. They could call her what she liked. Well, things went on like that for a while. But one day, events stepped in and it all came to a head. You see, there was a bark. A sailing ship was caught in a storm, a terrible raging storm and it was driven towards the rocks of Westry, and the folk gathered down on the shore to watch it. Now, there wasn't a lot that they thought that they could do anyway, but someone's misfortune was another one's good luck. If a ship went on the rocks in Westry, well, there was plenty of driftwood coming ashore in an island with no wood. That was valuable. And all the sails and the ropes and all that too, and whatever cargo she was carrying would come ashore. And people were standing down there and they were waiting eagerly for the ship to strike the rocks and break up. They were waiting to see what precious cargoes was inside. They were waiting for that timber to be washed ashore. And Janet Forsyth went down next to them and she looked at them with contempt and she goes, aren't you going to try to help? There was no reply. People cast a black look on her and then carried on staring hungrily at the ship. Janet just shook her head and away she went. She went to her father's boat nose. She grabbed it and she dragged it down to the shore. She pushed it into the waves and it was a struggle to get it launched because the waves that were breaking on the shore were so strong it just pushed the boat back around again. But eventually, sheer determination, she managed to get that small boat into the sea. And she pulled up a sail and she tacked away and she sailed into that teeth of that gale towards that ship that was in distress. Well, the people watched her with disbelief. And they could see this tiny, frail boat of hers climbing up a huge wave and then down the other side into the abyss. But then after a while they would see that tiny little boat climbing up another wave, over the top and then down the trough on the other side, down into the watery abyss, and people would say, well, she's gone now. There's no way the boat can weather a wave like that. But there it was again, climbing another wave, down the other side. And that boat climbed wave after wave after wave until it got alongside the ship. Janet tied the boat to the side of the ship and she climbed up on the deck and she started to shout orders to the crew. The captain of the ship was so amazed. Where the hell did she come from? But he was desperate. And she had an air of authority about her, the, like someone that knew what they were talking about. And she did. Her father was a fisherman. She had been taken out on that boat since she was just a bairn. And she knew every tide around the island and where every rock was, every scary, every danger. And so she managed to get the boat to tack that ship, to tack away from the rocks and she got it into a piece 
of better water where the tide took it around the headland and eventually the boat was able to get into the safety of Pierwell Bay. And once it was in the shelter of Pierwell, it dropped the anchor and the boat was saved. That ship was safe. The captain said, My dear girl, I have no idea who you are where you came from, but you've saved our lives. Everyone on this ship owes you their lives. Now, I don't have much, but I have here a bag of, of money. I would like you to take it. Please take this as a, a small token of our internal gratitude to you for what you did. And Janet just shook her head now. No, thank you, she said. No, you see, I had a love once, and he was lost at sea. And I would hope that if he was in danger, if his life was in peril, that someone would come to his aid too and help him, just the way that I helped you. So no, thank you, I, I don't want your money. And she climbed down the side of the ship and into her own little boat and she untied it and she headed him back towards her own boat nungst. She dragged the boat up, went back home and sat by the fire and she sang her sad songs. Now these days if somebody did that, you'd, you'd get a medal or something. You'd get some sort of a scroll to put on your wall, but... No, in the 1630s you didn't. All it did was confirm people's beliefs that she was a witch. She must be in league with the devil to have saved that ship. Also, she cheated them of the ship as well, and all the goods that were in it. So she was denounced to the church, and she was arrested, and she was taken to Kirkwall to the great cathedral of St. Magnus, where she was held in a cell to await her trial. Now, on the day of her trial, she was brought in front of the, all the, the great and the good of Kirkwall, who would pass judgment on her, and uh, all the people turned up to hear the evidence as well. And the evidence came from Fork and Westry. There was the usual stories of animals going sick or cows stopping milking, and it was all her fault, of course. There was even a man that said that he went to sea one day and he became sick. He felt sick. And so they headed back to the shore, and he saw Janet Forsyth down at the shore, and he accused her of using her witchcraft to make him feel sick when he was at sea. And she had a bucket in her hand, and she scooped up a bucket of salt water from the sea, and she threw it over him. And he felt better after that. Now, it's enough to make you laugh, isn't it? But it was no laughing matter in the 1630s. No, that was enough to have you convicted. And the judge declared that she was guilty as charged, of the crime of witchcraft. Do you have anything to say before I pass judgment on you? He said. No, said Jeanette. 
I have nothing to say to you because I don't care. I no longer care. You can do whatever you want to me. I, I don't care. You see, I've done no harm. I've done no wrong. And, you know, when I put to sea in my boat, well, I always hoped, beyond hope, that someday I might find the love that I had lost at sea. But I never did. And if any power protected me when I was in the storms at the sea, it was God, not the devil. But now you can do what you want with me. I've had enough of life. I have no fear of death. Let's do your worst. Judge. He was not happy with a statement like that. He said, well, there is only one punishment suitable for such a crime. You'll be bound by your hand and feet and you'll be taken to the head of the loan where you'll be worried at the stake and then your body burnt to ashes and God have mercy on your soul. To be worried at the stake meant that you were tied to a stake and then a rope was put around your neck by the hangman who twisted it and turned it until you were strangled to death then your body burnt to ashes the crowd there were not sympathetic hey burn the witch burn the witch they cried and there was a crowd of sailors had just come in at the door as well royal naval men that had sheltered from a storm and they were shouting burn the witch burn the witch along with all the other people and she looked towards him, and then suddenly her face went as white as a sheet, and she said, Benji, Benji, save me, Benji. One of the sailors ran towards her, and she fainted. He picked her up off the ground. He hugged her. He kissed her. He called her his love. The judge was furious. Unhand the prisoner at once, he said. God, if it wasn't for the fact that you were serving in His Majesty's Navy and fighting against our enemies, I would have you tried for contempt of court. And poor Janet was dragged along the floor of the cathedral, crying out, Benji, save me, Benji! Now that night in Kirkwall, there was great celebrations. You see, the Royal Navy ships were sheltering from that same storm that almost wrecked the ship in Westry. And they had put into Kirkwall Bay and anchored there. Now the local lairds, all the big landowners, they'd invited the officers of the ships to come and dine with them. And there was lots of claret and port was drunk. And also, I dare say, quite a bit of smuggled French brandy and smuggled Dutch chin was consumed too, so that they started to get rather merry and also feeling a bit generous. So they had ordered that barrels of beer should be opened in front of the cathedral and dished out to the local people and to the sailors who were ashore. Well, free booze? No Arcadian's going to turn that down, and no Royal Naval Sailor either. They were all drinking it, just like a coo drinking a bucket of water on a hot day. Well, 
The next morning they had the witch burning to look forward to as well. It would be a great excitement. The next day there would have been a few sore heads in Kirkwall and a few mouths that felt like they were full of ashes, but they went up at the appointed time to the cathedral to watch the witch being taken out and led to the top of the lawn where she would be strangled at the stake, worried and burnt to ashes. But somebody came running out of the cathedral in a panic, shouting, The witch is gone! She's gone! She's not there! She's, she's gone! People ran in, and sure enough, there was the cell door standing wide open, and the jailer who was meant to be guarding it was slumped in a chair, sound asleep. Well, they searched high and low, Kirkwell was scoured, and all the surrounding area was searched, but there was not a trace of the westry storm which Janet Forsyth. Not a thing. Now, years passed, and there was one of those lairds, those big landowners who lived in Kirkwell, uh, he was a bakey of Tankerness. They lived at Tankerness House, which is now the museum. And his business as a merchant took him down to the city of Manchester. He was walking along the street in Manchester when he saw a shop sign saying Benjamin Garrick. And he thought, well, there's a name that you find in Orkney too. I wonder if this is an Orkney person. I'll go in and have a look. So he went in and to his amazement, who was standing behind the counter but Janet Forsyth, the Westry Storm Witch? <gasps> You're Janet Forsyth, aren't you? he said. Well, the poor girl, her face went white as a sheet. Benji, she shouted. Benjamin. A man came through from the back of the shop. Well, he'd recognised her all right, but she changed. She'd put on weight for a start, and also she looked about twenty years younger than the pathetic, careworn, sad woman that he saw in the cathedral standing trial. So he asked what had happened, and Benjamin took up the story. He said that summer's day in Westry he'd gone to sea all right in the boat, and the fog had rolled in and swallowed them up, and they couldn't see where to go at all. They had no idea where they were, and that's a dangerous thing to be, because they could end up on a scary, broken on the rocks and lost at sea and drowned. People never learned to swim in those days, so they wouldn't have lasted long. Or... They could have drifted out into the Atlantic Ocean and away and lost. And when the fog lifted, there might be no sign of land at all, and so they would have been lost as well. So they very, very cautiously went this way and that. They took the sail down, they rowed gently this way, that, until they saw a dark shape in the distance, and they headed towards it, and they could see it was a ship. So they went alongside, but it was only when they got alongside the ship that they realized what it was. To their horror, it was a man of war, a Royal Navy warship. They were taken on board and they were press-ganged into the Navy and made to serve on board the ship. 
and they fought in battles, and they sailed here, there, and everywhere. And they were caught in the same storm that the boat, the ship that Jeanette had saved, had been caught in. And they had put into Kirkwall. Well, the next day Benji had gone ashore with some of his friends, and they could see people walking into the cathedral, and they thought, I wonder what's going on there. So they went in to have a look. Curious, you know. And sure enough, there was a witch trial, and the verdict had just been passed, and everybody was shouting, burn the witch, burn the witch, and they joined in too. And then, to his horror, when the witch turned around, he saw that it was his sweetheart, his own beloved Janet Forsyth. And, of course, she was pulled away to the dungeon, to the cells, and locked up. Well, he decided that he had to do something to try to save her. Now, the captain of the ship that she'd saved was in Kirkwall as well. It was also lying anchored safely in Kirkwall Bay at that time. You see, the captain of the ship had wanted to give evidence on behalf of Chinet, but he was not allowed to because they said that he must be bewitched by her. And so his testimony was, was not legal. It was not worth listening to. So... He was dismissed, but he wanted to help, and so Benjamin asked if they could come up with a plan between them, and they did. Now that night, they knew that the the jailer, you know, he liked a drama or two as well. So they waited until that beer was being dished out, and they took beer into the cathedral and gave it to the jailer, and he drank, and he drank, and he drank. Now, maybe they put something in the ale to make him sleep. Maybe he just drank so much he didn't need anything to make him sleep. But sleep he did. Well, when he was asleep, all they had to do was just take the keys and unlock the door and take her out. The captain of the ship took her away up over the brae towards Inganus Bay. And there the ship was lying safely anchored, waiting for her. Benji hugged her and said that he would see her soon, but he had to go back to his ship, because if he disappeared, people would get suspicious. So she, he left her in the safe keeping of the captain of the ship, who sailed away to his home port of Liverpool. And he took her home to meet his wife and his family, and he told her the whole story of what had happened and how he would not be standing there now alive and well in front of them if it wasn't for this poor, wretched girl. And she was taken in and looked after, given dresses and food and taken care of as a member of the family because she had saved the life of the woman's husband. Well, the Royal Navy ship sailed back down to Portsmouth, and as soon as it got there, Benji chomped ship, and he headed towards Liverpool. He had the address of the captain, and he went there, and he was reunited with his love, and the two of them were married. Now, the captain of the ship and the owners of the ship had gathered together some money, and they gave to them, and it was a good sum as well. But they decided not to stay in Liverpool. They would head to Manchester and set up a new life there. And with the money, they bought a little shop 
and they were doing very well for themselves now, away from where no one knew them, and no one knew the story of the Westry Storm Winch. Well, when Bakey heard that, he said, I've never heard such a story in my life, and I swear to you, I promise your secret is safe with me. I will not tell a living soul. And obviously, he didn't keep his promise, otherwise I wouldn't be able to tell you the story now. But he went home, and he never betrayed the secret to people who might want harm on her, of poor Jeanette Forsyth. And so, her and Benji Garrick lived in Manchester, as far as we know for the rest of their days. And who knows, in the city of Manchester to this day, there may still be descendants of Janet Forsyth, the Westry Storm Witch. <laughs>